backpackers have it figured out when they say only bring what you can carry. Because unnecessary stuff slows down your progress. It causes pain. And it can make the journey so hard that it's actually dangerous. You know, life is like that. Unnecessary stuff can slow us down in our progress. It's the unnecessary stuff that can cause pain. And that unnecessary stuff that we lug around with us can actually be dangerous. All of us have baggage. All of us have been through difficult times. That baggage may have come from different places. In the, in the little bumper video, you saw that sometimes we pick up our own baggage and sometimes we get baggage handed to us. So our emotional baggage may come from different places. Maybe some of us grew up in a dysfunctional family where life didn't make sense and love wasn't clearly understood and that left us with some baggage. Maybe some of us have had painful experiences in the past. Somebody has mistreated us. We have that pain that we carry with us. Some of us have just made bad decisions. And because of our bad decisions, Life went in a different direction than we intended, and we're carrying the baggage from those decisions. Maybe you carry a, a backpack called fear. Because you've been hurt in the past, now all you can think of is, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? And you're always thinking of the worst case. What if? Somebody else may carry around a bag of regret. Instead of asking what if, the, this bag just keeps saying, if only. If only I had said that differently. If only I had made that choice. If, if only I had handled it better. And we carry that bag of regret. Some of us carry with us the luggage of guilt. We messed up and we know we messed up and it hurt us and it hurt others. And now we just wake up every day and we pick up that luggage and we tote it around living in our guilt. Somebody else might carry the bag of resentment. That's an interesting one because anger is caused when we're mistreated, when somebody hurts us. And so, since someone else hurt me, I'm carrying that bag of resentment. And I start thinking, you know, if I set down that bag of resentment, then that's saying that what that person did was okay. And it wasn't okay. So I'm not going to set down that bag and pretend that it's all right. And the problem is we have completely misunderstood anger and forgiveness. We think if I set down that bag of resentment, 
then that person gets by with it. In reality, if I set down that bag of resentment, I'm no longer carrying the burden. If I'm angry at you for months and years and decades, who's carrying that burden? It doesn't hurt you. It's only hurting me. If I can learn to set down that bag of anger, that, that bag of resentment, I'm the one who gets freed from a burden. Some of us are carrying packs of criticism. Mom or dad, coach, uncle, somebody said something years ago that defined us. You're stupid. You're slow. You can't. And we bought it. And now we carry that criticism with us and we let it define us because every day we, we pick up that bag. Some of us carry a bag of bad habits. We know what we're doing is bad for us. We know it's hurting others. And yet every morning we pick up the same bag. See, we don't need to carry all that stuff. It slows us down. It causes pain. It makes the journey dangerous, not to mention it makes our fellow travelers miserable as well. So we let it go. How many of you, every time I say let it go, think of that silly Disney song? Wow. <laughs> not one of my favorite Disney movies, by the way, but that's another story. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 Those of you who like to follow in the Bible app, it is already set up for you in there. If you look under the events, you'll find it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. In the English Standard Version from which I preach and the one I read, it says to put away that list of stuff. Anger, slander, all malice, put it away. The NIV, I think, actually captured the spirit of the Greek a little better this time. Because the NIV says to get rid of it. That's what Paul is saying. Look at all this baggage. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander. Get rid of it. And then he says, along with all malice. In other words, this is not an exhaustive list. It's just, it's just to get us started thinking about what baggage looks like. So he he says, man, you're carrying around that bag of wrath and anger. 
Man, it's time to let that go. Clamor and slander. Think of clamor as um, confronting with our hands, fighting with our hands. Think of slander as fighting with our words. He says, put that stuff behind you. Let that stuff go. And all kinds of malice, all kinds of baggage. In 1845, the Franklin Expedition sailed from England to find a passage across the Arctic Ocean. The hope was to join the other two big oceans, the Pacific and the Atlantic, to see if there was a way to go from, from uh, Pacific to the Atlantic via the Arctic Ocean. Is there a passage through there? And the crew loaded two sailing ships with lots of things, much of which they didn't need. They left from England with a 1,200-volume library, fine china, crystal goblets, and sterling silverware for each officer with his initials engraved in the handles. The two ships, before long, became trapped in the vast frozen plains of ice. After several months there, you can imagine the horror stories, stories including cannibalism and all kinds of horrible experiences that the folks just were trying to survive. Franklin, Lord Franklin, did not survive. He died there in the ice. Eventually, some of the men decided that they would take small trips on, on foot, that they would try to get in small groups and go look for safety, but none of them survived either. One story is especially heartbreaking. Apparently, two officers pulled a large sled more than 65 miles across the ice. When the rescuers found their bodies, they discovered that the sled was filled with expensive table silver. If that part of the story is true and not just legend, that means that those men contributed to their own death by carrying what they didn't need. I wonder if maybe we don't do the same. Do we go through life carrying stuff we really don't need? Stuff that we really would be better leaving behind? I want to show you this morning from this verse how we can set aside, how we can let it go. And the first step is to identify your baggage. The first step in letting it go is to identify it. We have to figure out what is there. Paul did a good job here in giving us a list. Now, as I said, his list is not intended to be an exhaustive list, but it does get the mind thinking. It starts triggering us. We can look in our lives and we can say, is there bitterness there that I'm hanging on to? Is there wrath and anger? 
Am I carrying around this clamor and slander? In other words, being at odds with other people? As I look at my life, is there, is there stuff in here that, that is, is going to hold me back that I need to get rid of? Today, can you bring to mind somebody you've been mad at for three months, a year, 10 years, 20? And carrying that anger and resentment toward them, has that solved the problems? But what it has done is loaded you down, right? It's not surprising to me that that's where he begins his list. Bitterness, wrath, and anger. I think maybe those are the easiest bags for us to pick up and the hardest for us to let down. Clamor and slander. Are you at odds with people? Are you holding on to those grudges? Do we carry the baggage of damaged relationships? One of the first things that we had, the first step really, is to identify your baggage. Many times you'll be able to tell where the baggage came from. You feel like you can't be a success. You feel like you're a failure. You can think back and say, well, that's probably because that's what dad told me. Sometimes, though, bags are not easily identified as to where they came from. In other words, it's hard to tell where they came from, but we know we're still carrying them, and we know that we're letting them define us. And so the first step is very challenging. But you'll not find freedom until you take this step, and that is to identify your baggage. One good thing is that we can find help in that process. First thing that we want to do is pray. God, show me who I really am. Let me see my life as it is. Open my heart, open my mind, help me to understand me. Show me my baggage. David prayed something similar. When he said, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. As we go through this first step, identifying our baggage, we can call to him for help. We can also ask help from a trusted friend. And when I say trusted friend, I don't mean your buddy. This is not just a pal. This is someone that you have shared life with for a very long time. A trusted friend. Someone that you would trust with the life of your child or your spouse. A trusted friend. And you can sit down with that friend or go for a walk with that friend and you can say, would you invest in me? Would you Help me to see the baggage. Maybe I have blind spots in my life. Would you help me see where I'm carrying baggage that is keeping me from being who I can be? So we have places where we can get help. 
it's not an easy task to identify our baggage, so we can go to God for help. We can go to a trusted friend, and don't ever hesitate. Now, hear me, hear me clearly. Don't ever hesitate to ask for professional help in identifying and dealing with your baggage. Listen, if I fall off these steps and... I don't, I don't think of it in these terms, but apparently I, I come to the edge a lot. I don't notice that, but my wife tells me that I'm about to fall sometimes when I'm dancing around at the edge. I don't know that. If I ever fall and break my arm, I'm going to go to somebody who knows how to fix arms. I'm not going to lay there with the bones sticking out and the blood squirting everywhere and say, oh, God, help me make it better. I'm going to go to someone who knows how to fix broken arms. And if I ever get cancer, my first call is, hey, family doc, find me a cancer doc. I want somebody who knows how to help with cancer. So if I've got a problem with baggage, why would I hesitate to call someone who knows how to identify baggage. Don't ever hesitate. That is not a lack of faith. It's a lack of wisdom to say, I don't need help. I can show you half a dozen times in Proverbs where it says that it is wise to seek counsel. The good thing about identifying our baggage is that we have help. We can pray. God, show me. We can go to a trusted friend. Invest in me and help me figure this out. And we can always get some professional help to identify. Then once we have our baggage identified, I know I'm carrying guilt. I know I'm carrying anger. I know I'm carrying that bad habit that I just won't let go of. I, I, I see now my baggage the second step is to take action. He says in verse 31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you. There's an action being taken there. It's one of the reasons I like the NIV. They capture the, 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 the spirit of what Paul intended. It's not just something that happens to me. I hope that someday I can get rid of this. No, it's something I do. The NIV says, get rid of it. Take action. Once I identify my baggage, I do something to get rid of it. I can't just will it away. It won't go away on its own. Some time ago, I had been deeply hurt. And I carried that grudge for a long time. Finally, I sat down one day and I wrote a note to the person who had hurt me. And that person would have not had, they didn't have any idea how ugly they had been. They didn't have any idea what was going on. So if I had said, I forgive you, it would have blown up and they wouldn't have known what I was forgiving, blah, 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 blah. But I sat down and I wrote a note and I said, I will always show you respect. I will always be respectful of you when I see you. It was a commitment I made to that person. 
And I've kept that commitment. And you know what I noticed? When I put that note in that envelope and I sealed it, I put a stamp on it, I put it in the mailbox, and all of my anger went with it. Abraham Lincoln did the same thing. Historians tell us that Abraham Lincoln had a, had a habit when he was mad at someone, someone had offended him, when someone had done him wrong, he would write two notes. In the first note, he would unload. He would tell them what they had done wrong. He would, he would get all his anger out. He would call them names if he wanted. He'd put it all out there. And then he would take that note and burn it. And then he would sit down, having worked through all of that, he would sit down and write a note that was more respectful and civil and would mail it. But the point is, he did something. Some of you have been carrying the same bag for years or decades. And you've got it identified. You know what it is. You got the first step handled. But you're hanging on to that thing. And you're hanging on to it because it's become a part of you now. You're, you're so used to walking with it, you're not sure how you'd walk without it. It's a part of who you are. And you're carrying that bag. Eventually, you get tired of it. And you think, I hope that bag goes away. And then you walk. You see how it hurts the relationships around you and it even affects your work. And so you say, I hope that bag goes away. And then you walk. Because it takes an action on your part. What is that action? I don't know. I can't tell you because I don't know what your baggage is. I don't know your personality. I don't know your history. I don't know your situation. But it takes some kind of action. You write a note. You have a conversation. You go for a walk. You, you, you hit a pillow. I don't know. But it takes something. Paul says, look at this list of baggage. Now, do something. Put it away. Get rid of it. Leave it behind. On February 9, 1960, Adolf Coors III, millionaire head of Coors Company. Is it okay for a Baptist preacher to talk about Coors in a sermon? I don't. Millionaire head of the Coors Company in 1960 was kidnapped and held for ransom. Seven months later, they found his body on a remote hillside. He had been shot to death. His son, Adolf Coors IV, was 15 years old at the time. He lost not only his dad, but he says he lost his best friend. For years, he hated Joseph Corbett, the man who was sentenced to life for killing his father. In 1975, that's 15 years later, Adolf Kors IV became a Christian. 
Yet his hatred for Corbett, the one who murdered his dad, still consumed him. He knew that he needed to forgive Corbett, just like Jesus had forgiven him. So he did something. He visited the maximum security unit to talk to Joseph Corbett. Corbett refused to see him. So Coors left Corbett a Bible with the following inscription. I'm here to see you today, and I'm sorry that we could not meet. As a Christian, I am summoned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to forgive. I do forgive you, and I ask you to forgive me for the hatred I've held in my heart for you. Step one, identify the baggage. Step two, take action. Do something to get rid of it. Step three, trust the Lord. Just like we were saying a minute ago, some of us have had our baggage so long that we know we're used to it. It's comfortable. It defines us. Who are you? Oh, I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm the kid that, whose dad was mean, and so now I'm mean. And I carry that baggage. That's who I am. Who are you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm the one that can't do very much, and I'm never going to make it. I'm always going to be a failure, and I know that because Mama told me, and that's who I am. I carry my baggage with me. You know why we don't get rid of it? Because we trust it. Yeah, we trust it. It defines us. Without it, we don't know. Don't, let, don't roll off. I don't know whose that is. Without it, we wouldn't know who we were. Our sense of identity would go away. Well, if I don't have my baggage, what does life look like? What does it feel like? How do I, I don't know. How do I function? We have put our faith, our trust in our baggage. So if I'm going to get rid of it, then something's going to happen. When I get rid of my baggage, I make room to trust the Lord. I can trust Him when I'm not trusting my past. I can look forward to tomorrow when I'm not focused on yesterday. When I let go of my bags, my hands are empty. And empty hands can receive blessings. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief comes to steal your freedom and to destroy your joy. The thief comes to load you down with bags, things that other people have done and said, things that the enemy himself is whispering in your ear, things that you keep revisiting and thinking about on your own. He loads us down. The enemy, the thief, steals our freedom and kills our joy. But look what Jesus said. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. You can step away from the baggage and have a life that is full. When you let go of the stuff, your hands are open to receive. 
And that takes me to the last step, and that is to live free. When you identify your baggage, you take action, do something about it. You trust the Lord instead of trusting the stuff. You find that you're able then to live free. The writer of Hebrews said it so well. After he went through chapter 11, which is a long list of faithful people, it's the hall of faith, we say. When you look at all those people that are listed in Hebrews 11 that had great faith and did great things for God, he says, then therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all of those great people of faith, since those people are surrounding us and we're now a part of that same story, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's leave the baggage behind and run our race that was intended for us. Every time I hear this verse, I think about those weights, you know, the, 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 the people who really train and running and they, they do the track seriously and all that stuff. They put those ankle weights around their, their ankles and maybe they'll have uh, hand weights or something as well. And, and, and when they're, when they're working and trying and, and, um, training, they're carrying that extra weight with them so that they get stronger and stronger. Well, then when it's time to run in a real race, You don't put those weights back on. You lay aside every weight when it's time to run the race. You've done the training, now get rid of the stuff and run your race. I believe that's what God is saying to each one of us this morning. It's time to get rid of the stuff, to lay aside the weight and run your race. Galatians 5 and 1, Paul says, for freedom Christ has set us free. I'm glad Christ set us free. Why did he do it? Christ set us free. Listen to Paul's logic here. It's, it's, it, it, it's impenetrable. Why did Christ set us free? So we'd be free. I mean, you can't argue with that. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He set us free. So once you set that thing down, once you've identified it, once you take some kind of action and you trust the Lord, you set it down, you leave it. Live in freedom. You serve a risen Savior who is stronger than whatever is pulling you back to that thing. You trust him, you walk in him, you'll live in freedom. We don't have to keep going back to the same stuff because we have a Lord who is bigger than luggage. We have a Savior who's stronger than stuff. We're not bound to it anymore. Identify it. Take action. Do something. Trust him and live free.